Father, we thank you that you are with us in the midst of this war that goes on and on and on. From the very beginning, from the very first time the serpent deceived the man and the woman, from that time until this, Lord God, the bewitching and the subtle deceptions and the uh, incredible jaw-dropping offenses continue, Lord God. And we praise you, Father, for your ability and power to keep us in the midst of this wicked world that's being slain by Satan. And I thank you, Lord, that because you're able to keep us, that is a great, tremendous testimony to your faithfulness. I thank you for your blood. I thank you for your promises. I thank you for your word that you have promised to keep us, never leave us or forsake us, not leave us orphans, be with us to the end. Lord God, that you've sent your Holy Spirit to live in us and you spent the, sent the angels to watch over us, Lord. And so we thank you for Jesus dying on the cross. We thank you for helping him, Father, get through his uh, sacrificial ordeal. And we thank you, Lord, for that brought forth much fruit and that to, to him belong the nations. So we thank you now that even the devil's most grand efforts, he got a mashanda of wickedness, are going to be broken because of the word of God. And so we thank you that we stand in that word. We stand unafraid. We stand fulfilled and full of your power, your authority, your word, even as your word says. So, Lord God, give us eyes to see today, ears to hear, and drop off of us the programming of Satan that we sometimes hold so dear and cling to. Let it drop off of us that we can see with eyes that you've meant for us to see with and understand your your direction, your true gospel in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. Good evening, wherever you are. And we just want to tell you that we're entering into a, another season, fall, of course, harvest time, wonderful. But also it's a time of, of bewitching um, with our you know, the, the counterfeit celebrations, holidays, etc., etc. God set up holy days. Satan sets up holidays. Everything for everything God has, Satan has a counterfeit. So today we're going to be talking about being bewitched, a very interesting word that seems very appropriate uh, for where we're at right now. Well, when you, when you think of uh, you know Halloween and the old witches and ha- hags and mm-hmm. pointed hats and uh, flying on a broomstick past the full moon and stuff like that, um, we have a really a, a distorted concept of what witchcraft is. Right. You know, it, we think it, it's something fun and and, and kind of fableish. Or, or or you just think of you know somebody casting spells and. You know, a big cauldron, and you throw bat wings in it, and rats, and yeah. cook it up, and you know, potions. And it's so it's so beyond re- reasonable that we think it's not even possible. But let's start with the the where this word actually comes from in the Bible, uh, in 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 the biblical days. Paul, by the time Paul is like maybe thirty years into you know spreading the gospel, maybe not even that long. Jesus had already ascended, etc. They were already having trouble in the church with false doctrine. They were also already having trouble with people coming in to counterfeit the gospel, to to put it, shape it, push it into a direction that it was not intended to go. And so 
Paul is alarmed by this um, this trend, and he said even even in the book of Acts where he was getting um, brought forth, you know, saved and, and commissioned, he says here, um, God says to him, why did he send him? He says, I will deliver you. He says, this is God talking. Um, I, you're going to be my witness. I will reveal things to you. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan that they will receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among those who are sanctified by me. So the power of Satan is that power to deceive. And so Paul is concerned. And in Galatians chapter 3, Jerry, you want to read that? Yeah, uh, he says, um, <clears throat> oh, foolish, verse 1, he says, oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. So he's talking about, you've got witchcraft going on here. And he talks about earlier, Marjorie, in chapter one, mm-hmm. about those that have come in, uh, he says, our, verse six of Galatians chapter one, I marvel that you are turning away so soon mm-hmm. from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert or twist or distort Mm -hmm. the gospel of Christ. Exactly. He says, okay, he said, but if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. And And just in case they didn't miss that thought, Yeah. Verse 9, he says, as we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. And then so, he, yeah, so, so he's saying, this, he says, there's not many gospels. Mm-hmm. He says, there's, there's one gospel, but there are many perversions in this he says, of the gospel. <clears throat> he says in the chapter 3, only, this only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Do miracles come from the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? What he is saying is that there are going to be false apostles. Jesus said it, false prophets. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. This is Jesus' own words meant in Matthew chapter 7, verse 15. These ravenous wolves are coming to distort the gospel of Jesus Christ and bring in another gospel and that other gospel has got to look like the real one because otherwise people wouldn't ever be deceived by it and so um and paul says again he says in acts 20 he says for i know this that after my departure wolves savage wolves will come in among you uh and not sparing the flock also from among yourselves men will rise up so not only from the outside but from the inside speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves therefore watch and remember for three years, I did not cease to warn you night and day with tears. So God, so Paul is really uh, to be a guardian of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and, and there's been much, he's written much, the Lord has warned us about these angels of light coming in, uh, in, in to transform themselves and pervert the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, he describes it in Second <clears throat> Corinthians chapter 11, verses 13 through 15. He says, for such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. Not really, but transforming themselves 
into apostles of Christ. So they look like they're apostles of Christ. He says, and no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness whose end will be according to their works. So in the beginning, they look like us. But in the end, Jesus said, by their fruits, by their fruits, by the outcome, by their fruits, you shall know them. So the only way you can really tell is to examine the fruit because in the beginning, they're meant to look like us. They're, they want to look like us, They, but they're, they're, they have no power. They're, they don't have the power of miracles or the workings of faith. They work to the, by the law. They work by religious perfection and, and law, legalism and and demands and, and you know and, and contracts versus covenants or or it's a matter of a, it's a loosey goosey approach just like you know whatever you want to do just well there's go all ahead kinds of versions there's every kind of counterfeit version yeah, there's uh, of the gospel and and ministers so right so. and Paul and Paul here his his heart his um, mandate again is what I said is, is to preserve and and teach. The true gospel of Jesus Christ, which, by the way, from the beginning has been preserved as almost a trickle of truth and light. Right. Because the the major bulk of what we see and what the masses believe and what has been adopted to be the gospel of Jesus Christ is a com- complete perversion and, and deception and a lookalike. But here he says in Second Corinthians 11, 3 through 4, here again, Paul, but I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so you may minds, your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he who comes preaches another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or even if you receive a different spirit, which, we have, which you have not received, or a different gospel, which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. In other words, he's saying you may put up with this counterfeit gospel, even though you've received the real in the first from me. And, in this, and he says one of the keys is complication. Simplicity is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's grace and good news. Complication comes when you you bring in the devil's gospel, which is get rid of your sin. God's got, well, it's get rid of your sin and be good. And that becomes very complicated and very condemning and very open-ended and lots of opportunities for the devil to condemn us. And and, and without, so therefore we're condemned. We're always living under condemnation. We're always living under uh, reproach and, and alienation from God and never settling in to um, walk with Jesus, know that we're loved, and do the real work of the kingdom, which is to preach the gospel, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. I'm thinking of the simplicity <clears throat> of the gospel. First Corinthians 15, moreover, brethren, I delivered or I declared to you the gospel which I preached to you. Okay, this is it. Which you also received and in which you stand by which you are also saved if you hold fast that word which I preached to you unless you have believed in vain. And here it is, for I delivered to you first of all that which you also received, that Christ died for our sins right. according to the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Or you could say it, it can be interpreted in fulfillment of the scriptures. Right. And that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. And then, of course, he was seen by so many at the end yeah. uh, after he was raised from the dead. So it's... Uh, and the, that is the gospel. The gospel of mm-hmm. Jesus Christ is basically kind of in a, a thumbnail uh, or in bullet points. It's it, it's the basis of the New Testament. The gospel of Jesus Christ is grace and good news. It is the basis for the new covenant. The new covenant is established in the law of love. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God, love thy neighbors thyself. 
and it's built on the shed blood of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, who, as you said, fulfilled the 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 the, um, the requirements of the law. He f- fulfilled it, and He brings the atonement. He brought the atonement for sin. That was the only way sin could be uh, dealt with and atoned for. And He brought with it pardon and forgiveness f- for all who would accept the finished work of Christ. If you have, that's what salvation means. You've accepted the finished work of Jesus Christ in place. Uh, for your sins. So you don't have to die for your sins because he died for you and you accept that substitution. And it replaces, the the key is, the fruit is it replaces works and law with grace. And people are very, un, they're very reluctant to let go of works and law because they believe the lie that if we take away the law, if we take away the, the works, if we take away the re- requirements and the demands, then people will not be good. They'll, they'll, they'll go and break the law. We have to have the law so they don't break the law. But the law does not keep you from breaking the law. The law actually is there to show you you just broke the law. And so the thing is, they're, they're working it backwards. They're, they're assuming that people are bad and that they have to have all these rules in order to be good. And you got to force them to be good against their will because you're threatening them. If you don't be good, you're going to go to hell, basically. And that's not at all God's gospel. That's not what Jesus said. And then the, the flip side of that is just, you know, you can just live pretty much however you want. Jesus loves you everything's going to be fine. You know, you can you can live whatever okay. lifestyle you want. And uh, But here's the deal. It's going to be okay Here's with God. the deal. You know, that's the fear. That the fear is if I don't put pressure on you to be good, you're going to be bad and I have to have all these rules or you're just going to burst out into your old wicked, wicked uh, human nature. But the thing is, we're made by God. The, that is our divine nature. And all of God, all of what Jesus is asking you to do is come back to the truth of who you are, where you came from, who made you, who you are, and quit giving agreement to the, the, and give place to the things of the pit, you know, the fear, the anxiety, the law. If, if, if I, how am I going to keep from using chemicals and drinking? Why would I want to be good? Why wouldn't I want to be good? What, how, it's not drinking is not who I am, you know. Um, using math is not who I am. Uh, being depressed is not who I I am. I am called to be the daughter of God, and those things are not in heaven. And so God is bringing us back to our divine nature. So when we receive the unmerited favor of God's grace and full pardon, we understand God's love. And until it's an it's an unconditional love that you're receiving. Thank you, God. You saved me. I didn't deserve it. Yes. I was, you know, estranged, uh, alien, going the wrong direction, and you loved me, that brings us to the love of God, not, okay, you better submit to me or, or, or you're going to go to hell. That's not God's gospel. The counterfeit gospel, however, looks like the real gospel, and, in the, and it continues to incorporate the works of the law with grace. So, for example, when Satan heard that this was going to be a gospel of Jesus Christ based on grace upon his works, his finished finished work, on the cross and good news. He, can't be- let, he says, can't let that happen. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. So what did he do? Well, he brought in all kinds of counterfeits. The law. So, so he, he brought the so law back that's, in. That's the problem. We don't think we don't think of it as the law, but you know, okay, I've got it's yes, the, I'm saved by grace through faith, but I've got to do all this stuff. Yeah, I should. And I should. I'm, I should. And I'm always coming short. Yeah. On doing what I need to do, so I need to try harder. Mm-hmm. So those that 
you know, are in the place. They're they're trying to trying to keep the the rituals and rules of their particular church or denomination. Yeah, and they're all different because yeah, it depends yeah. on which church or group you go to. But it really what you're saying, Jerry, is it mixes law with grace, and that's exactly what Satan had to do to keep the law there so that he could keep the standard, so that he could uh, accuse you of failing to keep that standard, and then he could accuse you and bring his demonic judgments upon you and make you feel bad and alienated from God. So the whole thing of grace is just lost in the the, the rhetoric of you should, shouldn't, the church rules, et cetera, et cetera. And so we all come up looking short of the, falling short of the glory of God. Well, the word says we do fall short of the glory of God, but then the word also says that we're to come unto him. And, and that, that reestablishes us in the grace of God, in the, in the fellowship uh, of believers, and in the family of God. So here, here, the here. fruit of mixing the law with grace brings frustration, confusion, rejection of God's love, which is exactly the counterfeit of what Satan oh, wants to and, do. And you just fail. Why, you know, God doesn't call, didn't call us to live in, in failure. You oh, know, and some, some people think, you know, okay, I really want you know, to, to serve God. I want to love God, follow God, and everything. So I'm going to just do this, 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 do this, and you you get into be in, into kind of a neurosis performance, performance mm-hmm. that I've got to be dedicated to the Lord, really dedicated to the Lord. You know, I've just got to do this and strive, strive, strive. And there's always this tension, mm-hmm. and there really shouldn't be this tension. I, I'm thinking, you know, you can work hard without the tension. Here, what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, he says, um, uh, talks about his life. He said, I'm not worthy to be a call, uh, called an apostle because I uh, persecuted the church of God. 1 Corinthians 15, 10, but by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain, right. but I labored more abundantly than they all. And he said, I worked harder than anybody else mm-hmm. in getting this gospel out. Yet not I, but the grace of God which is with me. So he's saying, yes, he's he's working hard not by self-effort, but by grace. To the, that the Holy is, Spirit. That was through the, yeah, the ability of the Holy Spirit, the grace. Empowering. That en- mm-hmm. enabled me, empowered me mm-hmm. to bring this true gospel wherever God sent me. Right. So he was he was already in the flow. The true gospel is targeting is targeted by hell as the, it's in its most it has to get rid of satan has got to get rid of the true gospel because that's the only means of salvation and satan of course does not want anybody saved he wants everybody lost confused destroyed um uh those who know the truth and contend for it are his greatest enemies are satan we are the targets because we're bringing the truth we're standing and and, and we're messing up satan's plan his strategy is always to divide and conquer through confusion, deception, doubt, that's his preferred strategy. And see, you see that today when he's setting up all kinds of factions in opposition, human beings against human beings. And the Bible says, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. So the spirits, the devil is trying to set us up in opposition to each other so that he can bring these divisions and war and weaken us so that we're not united and we're not in one strength because Satan knows the power of unity. And so he's trying to divide us. And then he sends in these double agents, Trojan horses, lying signs and wonders, which is going to be one of his favorite tricks in the last days, as the, the Lord has told us. So he's, he, he, he's in seducing people, even like in mixing heathen practices, wherever it, it, it works, wherever it's expedient. He builds, he builds on fear and he motivates by fear, or he, but he looks at makes it look like sometimes like fun or relief 
from pain. So he's he's twisting the concept of, of God the Father and his love by making him look like he's the mad one. He's upset with us. He's the one punishing us for breaking his law, and he is hard to please. And so our concept of the Father is absolutely off. And when it's off, we're off. There's no way you're going to, you know, if you have that kind of a concept of, of the Father God, that he's mad at you. He's just waiting for you to mess up. He he's he he doesn't he doesn't he t- he tests you. He he's gonna make sure he's gonna prove you. Those if you have that kind of a concept of the Father God, what in the world are you gonna do when you live forever in heaven? Do you want to go there to be with a, with a father like that? You're gonna be nervous <clears throat> all the while, and you, there's not gonna be any neurotics in heaven. Well, in hell, and there's no joy in hell either because yeah. people are gonna be lost forever. There's no way to even describe what that is, and that is beyond any human words we have to explain what the fate is of those people. But but the gospel, that's the false gospel, will bring forth bad fruit and eventually no fruit, bitter fruit, or strange fruit. Uh, and and Jesus reminds us that grapes don't grow on thistles. You cannot you cannot pull pull a good beautiful fruitful life out of a out of a a lie. And so what happens? How does the enemy work with this thing, and get this thing to go in his direction? This counterfeit gospel. Well, one of the things he does is what we talk about in Romans chapter eleven. He 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 talks about um, when we when we prioritize works. Law and works as part of the gospel, bringing it as part of the gospel, our hearts get hardened. It says, it says and, and can you find that? Um, Romans eleven six, I think it is, where he says, let works be works and grace be grace. Yeah, he said uh, Romans eleven six, and if and if by grace, then it is no longer of works. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. But if it is of works, it is no longer grace. Otherwise, work is no longer work. So what uh, then? Israel has not obtained what it seeks, but the rest, but the elect have obtained it. There's a group that has figured it as followed the truth and the rest were hardened. And so Israel, he's talking to Israel here. He's is crying over Israel because they rejected Jesus says, how, how long I, I long to gather you together. O Jerusalem as, as a hen gathers her chicks and you would not, they would not receive the gospel. They would not receive that revelation of what he was about to do. And Paul is still struggling with them in, in his his journey because they still haven't ex- accepted the true grace of God. A few have, the elect have. The rest, he said, the fruit of what they, their rejection was hardness and lack of rest. They did not rest. They didn't enter into rest and they were hardened. Here's the continued fruit of that uh, rejection of the gospel, just as it is written in Romans eleven eight. God has given them mm-hmm. a spirit of stupor, stupor. Mm-hmm. eyes that they should not see, mm-hmm. and ears that they should not hear to this very day. And continuing that list, this is a demonic spirit of stupor. God will put upon them a spirit of stupor. Wow, I didn't think God did stuff like that. You said God couldn't tempt us with evil. Well, here's the here's the behind the understanding, the behind the, the scenes spiritual um, rules of that game. Okay, so we reject the gospel of goodness, grace, God, salvation, good news. We reject it. So Satan goes to God and says, look, God, you presented the gospel of grace. Jesus went down there himself and presented that gospel, and they just blew you off, and they did not listen to you. Therefore, they are listening to me. Therefore, I get to put upon them, do with them. They're yielding to me. I get to do what I want to do. And so he is the one who... Uh, you know, just like, let me test him when he said it about Job. Let me test him. So so he is the one 
calling for the spirit of stupor. I have a right to put the spirit of stupor on. The spirit of stupor works for the kingdom of hell, not heaven. And so, because why would God work at cross purposes to himself, himself if he's the truth and he wants to bring us into the light? Why would he send us a spirit of stupor? He doesn't, but the devil does. And the devil is using that to confuse the people, like you said, blind their eyes. There's a spiritual blindness that comes over people that they actually have like cataracts. They can't even see the truth. They can't, they, they, they're, they're, they're darkened. It closes their ears. They cannot hear. They're deaf. So these are serious problems because if you're blind and deaf, you can't, you don't even know you're being deceived because you don't even know that your eyes and ears aren't working. And it also, if you go on and read further, it you, bows down the back. You know, it says, <clears throat> and David says, uh, let their table become a snare and a trap a stumbling block, and a recompense to them. Let their eyes be darkened that they may not see and bow down their back always. So uh-huh. their that, table, the table, which is a place of nourishment, mm-hmm. a, ta- a place of, of fellowship, communication, mm-hmm. it becomes a snare in the trap. So there's there's a, a breakdown in, in what you eat, yeah, it's what, poison. You, what, what you talk about, mm-hmm. and a snare in the trap where at a table... Where there's there's conferences, there's strategies, there's uh, contracts communication are signed. You're going to get into bad contracts because uh, the table has been set up as a snare, a place of stumbling, because the people have refused the love of the truth. So this the, it creates bowed down backs, and that's like depression, exhaustion, fatigue, sadness, sorrow, wearies the soul. And it creates, you know, ultimately the spirit of stupor creates a spiritual emptiness and physical anxiety that then draws us because of the lack. It's like a vacuum. It pulls us into all kinds of spiritual foolishness, right. you know, uh, to, to resolve the spirit of the heaviness, the emptiness. We go after escapes of all kinds. And in doing that, we again miss the opportunities to know the truth, walk in the truth, walk in the power of God's authority. And so the even like you said, the places where the simple places of nourishment and sustenance become a trap and a snare. And so Satan has set up everything. He's weaponized everything against us in these days, as we know. Um, and here's go, then we have to go back to Second Thessalonians yeah. chapter 2, verse yeah. 11. Yeah, it says, uh, God will send them because they received not the love of the truth right. to be saved. The Bible says God would, will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie, that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So it's like, mm-hmm. so, so this, I... is, this is a, a very dangerous thing. Another, th- another thing here, um, well, the, was it the prophet, was it, uh, was it Amos? I don't remember exactly. There was to be a famine in the last days, and it's a famine not of bread or of water, but uh, of the word of God. Of the word of God. For hearing the word of God. Uh-huh. Now, there's two ways you, you not hear the word of God. It's like it maybe isn't being brought forth not because, preached. but mm-hmm. all you get is the twisted versions. Yeah. Or you you're you're hearing the straight gospel and you're not you're not hearing it. It's there, but you're not hearing it's it. It's there, but you're not hearing well, it. In some cases, it's it's not there, so you can't hear it. Well, one of the things that's very scary to me is this Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 11 through 12. God, it says, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So what are we saying again? God sends a spirit of stupor. God will send them strong delusion. Does God send strong delusion? Does God tempt us with a lie? No, he doesn't. 
but the devil demands his right to do it because we have already voted for the devil's plan, his version of the gospel. We have rejected the good news of Jesus Christ through our, you know, and most of us have been super indoctrinated and programmed, and we don't even know we're rejecting the gospel of Jesus Christ. We've never heard of the true gospel of Jesus Christ, and when we get a little touch of it, we just melt. But the thing is, it's never presented, not in our main churches, not in our most of our home churches, not in hardly anything. It's all, it can be cults and sex and legalism and law. But God, but see, because Satan does not want us to know the love of God. So Satan is the one who says to God, I have a right to send this strong delusion because, again, they rejected your true gospel, and therefore, they're listening to me. They vote for me. They w- they go along with me. Therefore, I have the majority. Therefore, I get to do this. And so God then being the one who is ultimately taking full responsibility for everything, like the manager of a little store, you know, like a, a, a pizza shop, if something goes wrong, the customer's upset, the pizza gets burned, the whatever, the whatever, the manager is the one who has to take the one on duty, has to take the responsibility. So God says, I will send. So he's, he isn't doing it, but he's ultimately the one where he's going to have to deal with it. And so this strong delusion that's being sent out because we rejected, because we chose our own way, because we believed lots of lies, God is, is ultimately going to have to deal with that. Um, um, you know, but he says, um, beloved, by the Lord, because God from the beginning chose us for salvation. He wants, he calls us to his gospel. You know, he, he calls us to his gospel again and again. You may be being called to the gospel of Jesus Christ. You may be being called out of a church. You're finally, you're kind of get un, uneasy and restless and not feeling like that church is really feeding you. Um, it, maybe you've outgrown it. Maybe it's you're seeing things that they're permitting and agreeing with that are not okay, and you're just uncomfortable. But you know, there comes a point where you cannot turn back and say, well, that's okay. Well, we'll just have to, well, we trust the pastor. Well, 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 well. You have to give account to God yourself. And if the Holy Spirit is leading you out of one of these counterfeit gospels, whether it's in a church or out of a church, whether maybe you're being de- deceived by reading your own Bible, maybe you've got your religious glasses on and you've got your indoctrination and your program body of death operating systems going crazy and you can't get anything out of the word or it's too scary to read the word or you don't feel edified by the word, blah, blah, blah. It's because you're, you're hearing it through a perverted lens. You're not getting the, the true love of God. Now, that doesn't mean that there's not <clears throat> God does love us and a lot of people he loves go to hell. We understand God does not get everything he wants, but God does not want you to go to hell and you're still alive. So you don't have to fall prey to and be deceived and just say, oh, oh, well, you know, I'll do the best I can. I hope that'll be good enough. That's not the question. The, answer, the question is not, didn't God say, God say, you need to do better, you need to do the best you can, and then, I'll, then we'll see. No, it's, it's simply, if you believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and rose from the dead, and you've acknowledged that, with your mouth, you shall be saved. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord be saved, Romans 10, 9 and 10 and 13. So again, don't give yourself excuses. It's please, we're out of time. We're out of time. There isn't even time to do anything really left except to accept Jesus fully for what he's done and stand fast. You know, like Paul says, stand fast and hold the traditions that you receive from us. We're taught through the word of God by our epistle. That's what Paul is saying. Now may the Lord Jesus Christ himself comfort your hearts and establish you in every good work. That was his prayer. That's our prayer. Father God, you show, we pray, Jesus, that you would 
you would uh, cause the scales of spiritual blindness, hardness of heart to fall off of your people, that their eyes and their ears would be opened, that the spirit of rebellion would be bound and removed. We we loose them from the spirits of rebellion and excuse-making and hardness of heart, and we ask them, Father, to uh, you to bring them into the place of peace, healing, deliverance, and the love of God, knowing the true gospel of Jesus Christ, which is the gospel of grace and good news. Thank you, Jesus. So thank you, Lord, that we can receive the truth, that the truth sets us free. And you, in Jesus, you prayed, sanctify them, set them apart by your truth. Your word is truth. And I just pray that you continue day by day all of us here that are on this broadcast today, that we will truly hear your word, God. As we study the scriptures, you speak to us. You you clarify things to us. You empower us. And so, Lord, I just pray that we will just ab- abide in the truth, get into the truth, mm-hmm. shake off. We break off the lies, the religious glasses. We smash those in the name of Jesus Open our eyes to see and our ears to hear what you are truly saying to us and help us not to tolerate the lies that many are portraying these days, but that we will accept your truth and walk in your truth, in your peace, your joy, your power, in Jesus' name. Amen. Check out Life Recovery. We have a lot of opportunities for you to learn. Um, And so the book Cravings, why do I do what I don't want to do? And also, um, taking the devil to court. That's one of the very first books I wrote. It's very, uh, it's a primer on the basics of how the devil does what he does in bewitching us. So God bless you. And again, cravings or taking the devil to court, check it out, please, for your own sake, pursue the Lord and let the Holy Spirit pursue you. Amen. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.